Welcome to Whole and Holy, the podcast of Bethel Seminary. I'm Dr. Peter Vogt. I'm the Dean of Bethel Seminary. And it's my pleasure today to introduce my guest, um, Michael Vetters. He's the Vice President of Enrollment and Marketing at Bethel University. And Michael has spent his career looking at marketing and technology and helping Bethel University to tell its story to the outside world. Michael's married to his wife, Heather. They've been married for 17 years. They have three girls who are in Spanish immersion school and he and his family are actively involved in Cornerstone Church. Michael, thanks so much for being a part of this podcast. Yeah, Peter, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Well, I wanna jump in. The title of our podcast uh, today is uh, Marketing is Not a Dirty Word. And I, I wanna just start by saying, should churches be concerned about marketing and, and why? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think there's a lot of uh, preconceived notions when people hear the term marketing. Um, as the profession has grown and become more sophisticated, I think it conjures up uh, things about, um, you know, manipulation and uh, false promises. And we've all seen our fair share of marketing gone bad or done poorly. And I think uh, that doesn't help to uh, support what the profession really, really is about. Um, when it comes to churches and them being concerned, I, th I think they should. Um, I think they should, especially if they understand the fundamental premise of marketing. And really at the core of marketing, um, when you peel all of the other stuff away, what it really is, is you telling your story. You're telling it in a, your story in a way that is clear, it's concise, and for those who hear that story, they can choose whether or not they want to engage. And at the fundamental level of all marketing, that's really what it's about. So when you think about it in that way, you know, should churches be concerned about marketing? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think people understanding the story of our churches and what they're about and what they're uniquely positioned to do as far as their ministry, their purpose, their mission, when people understand that story well and then can choose to engage in it or not, I think is, is a huge, it's a huge piece of why our churches exist, right? And uh, it's a huge part of advancing our ministry um, for God's glory. Yeah, that's, that's really helpful. I think, you know, as, as you know, and I think many of our listeners know, I was a pastor for uh, four and a half years before I came back to Bethel in the dean role. And I remember having conversations when we were establishing budgets and talking about things. And, and when this question would come up, some folks would respond and they would say, well, you know, Jesus doesn't need any, any marketing or, you know, the gospel doesn't need marketing. It's, it's just truth. And, and so we don't need, uh, we don't need marketing, but from what you're saying, it sounds like that's, there's a little bit different spin on it than, than that, that we're, we're telling a story not not pushing something. How, so how would you respond to that when someone says, you know, Jesus doesn't need marketing? Yeah. Um, so Peter, I, um, my wife and I would go to Cornerstone. I had the privilege of uh, serving as an elder there for six years. And uh, marketing tends to come up around budget time uh, because it's, you know, you're looking at the resources you have within the church and you're saying, all right, well, how much do I need to allocate uh, towards marketing? And most often that's promotion right? Promotion of the church. Um, and, uh, you know, you start to ask some of those questions. And I think, again, I'm, you know, if I could anchor us back into that idea of it telling your story. And uh, if you approach that, even asking, how much 
much resources or how many resources do we, uh, should we allocate as a church um, to simply and clearly effectively tell our story about what this group of people and this church is about and what we're doing. Um, uh, I think it reframes and reshapes uh, that. And so, yeah, it is interesting. And I think it's a little bit, um, I think a lot of the advertising and promotion has skewed people's views on, on that. Um, but when we anchor ourselves in the idea of the fact that this is this is, is our story um, and, and what we're doing really tied closely to our mission and vision um, of our church, uh, it gets a lot more, it's a lot easier to see the, the, re, the reason for it, the need for it, and, and where it does deserve some resources or investment. So in, in your response just then, it sounds like you know, there's a difference between advertising and marketing. It sounds like advertising is a, a subset of marketing, but we tend to conflate those, I think. We think of marketing purely as the, the slick advertising and, and that's, I think, what may turn some people off, you know, that, that Jesus doesn't need the slick advertising because he's the Lord. Um, that's right. But there's a, it sounds like there's a difference between those, that, between advertising and marketing. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good pickup. And yeah, yeah there is. We often, um, it's advertising is what we see and experience and actually get bombarded with on a regular basis. And so it's often the thing that is most familiar to us, right? And we often, you know, conflate, like you said, those two, but advertising is just a component. And it's actually often, um, while we think of it as the first component, um, it may even be the last component of, of a true marketing, uh, of true marketing in a sense. Um, we uh, talk a lot about uh, the four Ps to marketing. The first is your product. Um, and from a church, uh, essentially, uh, this is kind of wrapped up in what type of church uh, are you? Um, what is your mission? What is your vision? What are your goals? Um, and what is the audiences even that you're trying to reach? And so all of that makes up kind of who you are or the product of what you're doing. Um, you've got your uh, um, price and in churches, that's a little bit different because we're filled with a bunch of people who are engaging. Um, but price still fits because it costs people uh, something to engage. So um, time is often the biggest cost. And we see this with volunteers um, and uh, other ways that people engage with our churches. Um, place, uh, where we're located, uh, often shapes uh, what, what we're doing and what we're uh, about. And then finally, promotion, right? And that's that advertising piece. But when you look at marketing, it entails all of those things. And, um, and it, it gets much more complex than we typically give it credit for. Boy, that is, that is complex. <laughs> um, so what would you say, somebody listening to the podcast and, and this episode, and they, they're thinking, okay, maybe it's not a dirty word. And I want to think about, I want to think about marketing. How, how do they get started? What would, be, what would be some things you'd say somebody wants to get started if they, you know, they, maybe they want to, maybe they have to go to their board and say, we need to, we need to start thinking about this and allocating some resources at some point to, to this. What, what would you recommend? How do they get started? Peter, that's a great question. Um, because most people think about it, uh, again, when they approach it from an advertising standpoint. And so they'll start with the the last thing and they'll make it first. Uh, so they'll say, well, 
Um, we maybe need to do, uh, you know, social media is really hot right now. So we need to do some social media advertising um, and or, you know, we need to get the word out. Um, and and so we we need to direct mail or get our website in shape or we, we talk about these promotional things. And where I recommend you start as a church um, is thinking about your story. And what's the mission and purpose of your church? Uh, what is a compelling reason for people to engage with you? What are you, um, and Andy Stanley uh, talked about this uh, at a global leadership summit that I saw, but what is, what are you, what is uniquely better, uniquely better about your product? Hmm. Um, where do you stand out? And when you gain that understanding of who you are, what you're about and what you bring to the table that is unique um, uh, from an approach or in a way, uh, you'll gain clarity that you'll need uh, to then start telling your story. And ironically, um, a huge part of marketing is word of mouth. Mm. And you'll see when people get clarity about this and you drive towards that, that sometimes marketing just happens on its own. Uh, that you don't need to allocate a ton of resources. And the more clear about people, that people are about your unique uh, uh, value proposition and how you are, your unique, unique mission, the more clear they are about it, the more they can identify whether they want to engage and jump in and or uh, tell others about it. And so I think about that and I would say, start with your story, start with what makes you unique, start with your, your mission, and once you have clarity on that, then everything flows, right? Then you repeat those messages on your website, um, any promotion you would do. Uh, but more importantly, maybe most importantly, you equip uh, those around you to go tell that story as well. Mm. And um, I just think about this, like, uh, so I was a part of a startup, Cornerstone started, and I came a year into the first startup. And we talked about how we wanted to do church differently. And it was this crazy thing. We tried some things that I had never seen in church before. Uh, one of the things we tried early on was uh, we would do worship. And then because we were going to be highly relational, a highly relational church, we stopped after worship and then did uh, fellowship time where mm -hmm. we just had donuts and coffee in the middle of church. <laughs> and I started talking and telling people about this and, and the story and the clarity I got from that startup was that this is a relational church. We care about getting to know people and getting to know our visitors mm -hmm. and getting to know each other and what's going on in our lives. And I just started repeating that story. Hey, I'm going to a church and we just stop in the middle of everything and have donuts and coffee and get to know each other and check in um, with each other. And and uh, others told that story too. And we saw very quick growth in those first years uh, mm. as, as we were doing that. But it's because we knew with clarity about what was important to us and what was it about. And we equipped people to then repeat those stories. Mm. So what about the possibility that a church in, in thinking about their strengths and their uniqueness what they're describing may be more aspirational than, than reality. I mean, I, I think, for example, when I was uh, a seminary student, I would go to churches for, we had a preaching requirement that we had to do. And so I'd go to some smaller churches and, and uh, I'd go there and I would be clearly, I mean, this is, these are small churches. So I, I stood out 
I was the one person wearing a tie perhaps, uh, but I was certainly a stranger. And, and I'd walk in and in a, a few of these churches, nobody would talk to me. Nobody, they knew I was a visitor. Um, they'd never seen me before. Nobody talked to me. And then the person who was designated to be my point of contact would show up and they'd get me all set and all that. And I remember in a couple of instances talking to people after the worship service and I'd say, you know, what, what is it you like about this church? And they'd say, oh, it's such a friendly church. And, and I think to myself, I wouldn't say it, but it's like, really? Because it's not that friendly for somebody who's an outsider. So uh, how do you guard against what, you know, sort of an aspirational value, what you think you are, um, and, and highlighting that versus what you actually are? Uh, and I would imagine that's a problem when you're trying to market. If you say, you know, we're a friendly church, and then people show up and nobody's talking to anybody, well, that, you've, just, you've just shot yourself in the foot. Yeah. Um, I think when you're approaching that, uh, you know, uh, it's really important. And I talk to my team about this too, because we here at Bethel feel those, um, the, the tension of that push pull, how do we uh, stay authentic and true and honest, right? A big part of our brand uh, at Bethel is authenticity and honesty. And so how do we stay true and be authentic and honest as a brand about who we are and what we do, and then put also communicate where we're headed? Like, because no institution or organization or church is static. They're, they're dynamic. They're changing. And so you've got uh, both where you're at currently and where you're headed. And uh, we always talk about it as um, the best way to do that is to have one foot firmly rooted in who you are and where you're at. Um, and then one foot in where you're headed and you need to keep that balance and make sure that you um, create systems and things that help you keep that balance so that you don't overemphasize one over the other. Mm. You overemphasize where you're currently at always. It's very hard to, to take people to where you're headed. Mm -hmm. And if you overemphasize where you're headed, but you're not clear and honest about where you're at, um, people see that disconnect and it becomes unauthentic or maybe even dishonest. Mm. So I think you need to wrestle with that. Um, some things I would consider uh, churches for you uh, as you're thinking about this one, uh, it never hurts to get an outside opinion. Ask people outside. Uh, there's this thing called self attribution error, <laughs> which uh, means we're very, we're not very great at judging ourselves. We don't see ourselves very clearly and it's sometimes it's because you're so close to it um, that, that you don't see it from an objective point of view. And so uh, look for outside help. Uh, as we looked at uh, telling Bethel's story and redoing our brand, we actually contracted, went out, looked outside our walls and brought a company in to help us uh, research ourselves and look at ourselves honestly uh, so that we could say, all right, here's where we're at. And here's the cold hard truth about whether or not uh, you know, to this church, we really are friendly to mm -hmm. visitors, or are we just really comfortable and friendly with ourselves? And, um, and so I would say, uh, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, I think reality is our friend, and it helps us be better leaders in our church, um, so that we can say, all right, this is where we're at. Let's be honest, this is where we're at. And if we want to get from here to there, uh, here's some things we need to consider doing differently or thinking about. Yeah, when when I was pastoring, one of the things I did was uh, we we instituted a what I call the secret shopper program, and and I would have people come 
who were not known to the church and I, I would know they were coming, but I actually asked people to, to just send, send people anyway. And, and there's actually a form that we had them fill out. And, and so they would, they would just come and, and experience the church. And I wouldn't know when they were coming. Sometimes I didn't even know who they were, but even if I knew who they were and when they were coming, nobody else did. And so I was curious to know how, how the people would respond to the, uh, these visitors, you know, are we friendly? Are, did they come and go without being talked to at all? That would be a problem for a church that wanted to be known as friendly. So uh, I think there's some value in that outside perspective. And you can do something like that. It doesn't cost you a ton of money to, to do. We didn't, didn't cost us anything to, to do that. You could give people a gift card to, you know, go out to lunch afterwards, something like that as a thank you for, for doing something like that. But there's some good information, I think, that comes from things like that. Yeah, that's a fantastic idea. And yeah, what you did was you you asked people to help leverage and um, provide information about their experience. And you really did look at it through another person's eyes uh, and grab that information and use that. Um, that helps us understand where we're at and understanding where you're at in the reality of what you're doing really well and what you might not be. Uh, is really important for you to tell your story because we can all tell stories about ourselves, but if they're not accurate, if they don't align with people's experience, um, they aren't going to go very far. In fact, they will actually damage um, your ability to market uh, more than they help. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to come back to something you talked about price, which for a church is a little bit different from you know, the, yeah. the price that you're charging for a product. Can you, can you say a little bit more about that and how that fits into kind of your, how a church should think about its, uh, its marketing as it thinks about itself. So say, you know, a church has kind of done some of this analysis and have their, their vision and, and things clarified. They know what story they want to tell, but how does price in the way that you're talking about it fit into that? Uh, and, and where does that, where does that go? Yeah. You know, in a traditional marketing arena, uh, you know, if I'm thinking about it, uh, price is a huge, huge topic and it, it's people spend um, in their entire career devoted to it. And, and it gets easy when you're thinking about, you know, if, if you're Coca-Cola, how much does a bottle of Coke cost? If you're Nike, how much does sneakers cost? And um, what you're trying to do is make sure that um you're within uh, your customer segment uh, of their willingness to pay, what they are willing to pay for that. Now in church, you don't, you're not paying for, um, for that per se. Um, and we're not asking people to pay necessarily a monetary price, but we are asking them to, to pay something. Um, and I, thought, I think there are some incredible examples of churches who have thought through this well. Um, we're asking for their time. And maybe their talents uh, yeah. as a church, right? And and so thinking about how uh, we ask them to pay, uh, I've seen churches get creative with service times, right? And uh, because what they're doing is they're shrinking that cost for that family who may um, have a unique circumstances that that cause Sunday morning uh, uh, to be a place, but Saturday to be their Sabbath, and and fitting into that. Um, or how, how hard it is. Uh, churches think about this and location. Um, I think of all the things and cost and or price in terms of COVID and that have changed over this year, right? 
um, and how the church has changed with that. And so I would just, you know, encourage people are giving something to engage with, with your brand, with your church, mm-hmm. um, and, and asking yourself, what are they giving up and how could we make that, uh, more accessible, easier, um, and, or as compelling as possible for them, uh, is really important to consider even something as simple as parking. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, I know churches who, uh, that it sounds crazy, uh, but have made that a big part of their strategy. Why? Because making it efficient and easy for people, especially new people who may not, you know, they're not sure about this whole church thing anyway. And so their barrier to entry is a lot higher and their cost sensitivity is going to be higher. Making it super easy to park and get in and out of a building is things churches have looked at in terms of what it costs. Mm. Wow, that's that's great, and that's some things that wouldn't have been on my radar in terms of thinking about in terms of cost. Um, yeah, for for that, you mentioned COVID. Are there things that jump to mind when you think about, you know, is Lord willing, we begin to come out of some of the restrictions that we've experienced with COVID? Uh, there's going to be a a new normal, I think, and I don't think anybody knows exactly what that is going to look like yet at this point. But are there are there things that come to your mind that you would recommend churches to be thinking about from, from a marketing standpoint um, coming out of COVID? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say so. I, I'm going to anchor us back uh, to the story and, and what we do uniquely well. And so when you really understand your story and you really understand what you do uniquely well, I think then they get some of these things like COVID get easier, um, at least to start. And I'll use the example of my church. Um, highly relational, right? Uh, so we want to go deep in relationships. And, um, and so that's part of our story. Well, uh, COVID hits and now we're all separated, right? We're, we're more isolated. We're doing things virtually. And so as a church, uh, if our story is, if part of our story is about deep, deepening relationships, um, we've got to say, all right, uh, how does COVID impact that? And how are we going to continue to do that? If that is going to be a part of our ongoing story, if that's really a part of the core of who we are, how are we going to do that? And we've got to get really creative and dig deep in some cases to ensure that that happens um, in, within that new reality. And so I think if, if again, if you understand um, what you do uniquely well mm-hmm. as a church and in your mission, then you're more equipped to say, all right, how does COVID impact that? Um, you may do sites, remote sites, or you may have been doing virtual uniquely well. That might have set your, uh, that might have been a part of your story. And mm-hmm. the interesting thing, COVID, maybe in that situation created a giant uh, opportunity for mm-hmm. you to extend that. And so I think really understanding uh, your, your story, what you do uniquely well. Uh, helps even position you to things like COVID or a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. How do you respond? What do you need to adjust to? And how do you equip people in maybe a different way uh, mm-hmm. to still accomplish your mission? Mm. Yeah, that's great. What would be some of the the pitfalls to avoid as as churches are are thinking about this, um, wanting to wanting to dive in and, and engage in this, what, what would be some, some mistakes or pitfalls that, uh, that really people should be on guard uh, in avoiding? Yeah. 
Well, I think there's a number of them, but maybe one of the biggest ones, um, and it's so hard because, uh, I mean, being in ministry, it complicates it, is um, that good marketing or a a solid brand um, is for everyone. And uh, the interesting thing, uh, as you look at it, is some of the best uh, organizations, institutions, and even churches um, are clear about their story. They're clear about the value that they uniquely provide, so much so that uh, their brand both attracts and repels people. Hmm. And a pitfall that you need to consider is people think of good marketing attracts everyone. Hmm. And if we're doing marketing right, everybody will want to join. And actually, that's not true. Um, Good marketing um, gets really clear about who you are, the value you add, the unique benefits that you have to offer, and doesn't attract everyone. Mm. A good marketing sometimes allows people to say, you know what, I am crystal clear about what that church is about and what they're doing. And that's just not for me. I have a passion in a different area Mm -hmm. or um, I'd like, I like, I think God has gifted me in a different way. Um, And, and they get to choose when you're being clear, they get to choose whether or not they want to engage with you. Mm. And uh, the crazy thing is when we look at Jesus (laughs) um, and his example uh, he did this, like he was incredibly clear, so clear that he actually even offended some people. Right. Mm. And some of the Pharisees were like, no. And they walked away. Yeah. Um, and I think the pitfall that I would just encourage churches to avoid is that if we're clear and we're really good at marketing that everybody want to join. And that's actually not true. Mm. Um, the best marketing, um, tells people who you are, what you're about in your story, and then allows them to choose whether or not that's compelling enough to engage. Hmm. Wow. That's, that's really helpful. Um, and thinking about that, Jesus. Uh, Jesus oh, Martin. I was going to say that. Uh, sorry. I was no, going to say that does one other thing too. Um, and, and that clarity, when you have the people who have that clarity, who engage, it really creates some unity and some synergy within your organization because the people who do engage to a clear marketing message and to a clear brand are on board Mm. and they're all rowing in the same direction. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it gives, you know, it adds some added benefit. Uh, I think it uniquely equips you to accomplish your mission in a new way. Um, Think about those who try and be everything to everyone. Mm. They get a lot of different diverse people, um, who aren't necessarily all aligned with the story and where you're headed. And that can create internal problems down the road because you got people who may be rowing in different directions. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that is a challenge because of course, when you're a part of a church, especially if you're leading a church, you believe in it and you want everybody to want everybody to come and, and everybody yeah. should love it because, because you love it and you're, you're pouring your, your heart and your soul into it in so many ways. And, that so remembering though that each local church exists with different gifts and and doing different things in many in many ways is important that's that's a good word yeah 
Well, we're almost out of time. Is there any final uh, advice or, or things that uh, you want to leave our listeners with as they think about this, um, this really important topic? Yeah, um, no, I would just, I would encourage um, us as churches to think about that, to think about our story, our mission, and what we can uniquely do um, better than anyone else. Um, maybe even ask the question, um, if we didn't exist, what would happen? Mm. Yep. If we didn't exist, what would happen? And that sometimes helps us understand the value Mm -hmm. and what we're uniquely equipped to do. And if as churches, we could come together and we, we came up with those unique things um, and then we're able to be clear about our story um, so much so that those who were passionate about it could engage and those who weren't or had different um, skills and things that God has built into them could go find a place that, that matched with that. Um, if we could do that, then ultimately uh, the rest of the things fall in line. Mm -hmm. uh, your organizations tend to be heading in the same direction. Our churches tend to head in the same direction. And then when it comes to writing the Facebook ad, uh, it gets simple, right? We mm -hmm. just repeat our story yeah. and we do it in a different medium, right? When it comes to building the website, if we're clear about who we are and what we're about, uh, the website the images, the copy, it all should support that. Mm -hmm. And so as you think about marketing, the temptation is to jump to that end per, you know, the end uh, advertising play uh, when I would encourage us to think uh, about it more holistically um, and about who we are, what we're about, and uh, the unique value we add uh, as we advance the kingdom together. Boy, that's great. Thank you so much. This has been a, a great conversation, Michael, and really, really appreciate it. And I'm sure it's been beneficial for our listeners. Thanks for, for joining me today. Well, Peter, thanks for having me. Thanks for all you're doing at Bethel Seminary. Um, what a great blessing it is uh, to work for an organization um, and to have a seminary that um, partners with our churches uh, to continue to, to spread the message, uh, the good news. Uh, of the gospel of Jesus. So thank you for your work and for just the opportunity to join you. Well, thanks so much. And thank you all for listening to Whole and Holy. I'm delighted that uh, you tuned in today, so to speak. And if you have suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to send them to us at whole-and-holy at bethel.edu. Again, that's whole-and-holy at bethel.edu. We welcome your feedback about this episode and other episodes as well. And again, any suggestions for future episodes, we look forward to, to serving you. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Whole and Holy. This podcast is a production of Bethel Seminary in collaboration with Bethel University's Office of Church Relations. Please share your feedback with us, including ideas you'd like to see in future episodes, by emailing us at wholeandholy at Bethel.edu. Once again, that address is wholeandholy at Bethel.edu. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.